0: Join me while we tackle today's modern mom problems. Welcome back to Modern Mom Probs. I'm Tara Clark. I'll be your host for this episode and your guest. That's right, it's just me today. I'm flying solo. So today's topic is Modern Mom Problems. Now, I know what you're going to say, Tara, isn't every episode about Modern Mom Problems? And yes, you are right, that's true. But in addition to being the name of the show, I recently polled my Instagram followers with this question. What is one Modern Mom Problem you're currently dealing with? Now, it's a loaded question, because depending on their season in life, moms and parents in general contend with a lot of different issues. The answers ranged from affordable health care to being a single mom to the housing market to even co-parenting with a jerk. But one answer kept popping up over and over again, and that was screen time. Screen time and teens, screen time and mom guilt getting your kids off screens without having to entertain them 24-7. So naturally, this topic begged to be addressed, and this episode was born. So in this episode, we're going to break down screen time, its benefits and risks, and some tips on how to live in harmony with your devices. Because you and I both know they're not going anywhere for a while. As someone who's on screens a lot for work, I understand both the draw And the struggle, the appeal of letting your child play on the iPad while you finish up some work on your laptop, and then the struggle of having him finish up what he's doing in order to eat dinner or brush his teeth or just about anything to continue on with his day. And as I said before, I should really start by saying that screen time is a major issue in our house. I work from home and my nine-year-old son, when he's home, he and I often sit side by side and we work on our respective devices. It's sort of like parallel play, which is something that younger children and toddlers tend to do a lot of. It's great for a while and it really can be A bonding experience for both of us. Sometimes I'll show him an article in the news or I'll ask him if something's funny. He'll show me something that he's working on and say, hey, check out my Minecraft world or this thing that I'm doing in Roblox. And it really is a nice way for us to be together and bond while still getting our own individual screen time. But sometimes, once it's time to wrap up, The screen fiend rears its ugly head. So, what's the screen fiend, you ask? It's something that I've coined myself. The screen fiend is a personality change that I see when screen time has to come to an end. I'm curious if it happens in your house, too. The Screen Fiend is what I like to call like the crying, not wanting to hand over the device goblin that sort of rears its ugly head, and then it becomes a power struggle dynamic between you and your child to hand over the device and, like I said, sort of adjust and come back to reality. To combat the Screen Fiend, it's really important to set boundaries and to communicate with your children about their screen usage. So when I was researching and writing my book, I had reached out to clinical psychologist Rebecca Kennedy, PhD. Now, if that name sounds familiar, it's Dr. Becky before she officially became the Dr. Becky that we all know and love. And so... When I was interviewing her for, like I said, researching my book, she had offered this incredible advice. So I'm going to share a little bit of this advice from you. It's Like I said, it's it's found in my book, and Dr. Becky is always a wealth of information. So here are the seven strategies for managing screen time to reduce meltdowns. Number one, clarity. When we tell our children what to expect, they have an easier time with the transition. So if we tell our children, okay, yes, you can have some screen time, but wait, wait, I'm not gonna hand it over yet. Let's talk about how long, and we can pick an end time so we know what to expect. So your children could be active participants in electing how much time that they feel comfortable with using today. It's so much better than saying, yeah, sure, you could use your iPad. And then, you know, an hour later, screaming at them like five more minutes or you're done or that's it. We want your children to be an active participant in their own setting their own boundaries. So number two, emotional vaccination. Before you start the screen time, pause and think with your child about how ending it will feel. Because when we predict our toughest feelings, our body feels more in control than when those feelings arrive. So also, if, if we could think about cutting out some of the screen time ending protests with our kids with sort of some laughter and some lightness, then we could all wind together and connect in a more meaningful way. And for number three is wishing. So it's important to reframe our child's complaint as an unfulfilled wish and to sort of speak to that wish. So you could say something along the lines of, ugh, you really wish that you could have another show, right? Or you wish you could make screen time decisions for yourself, huh? When we do that, our kids feel seen that we recognize and validate their wishes, Number four is remember family jobs. As parents, we have to make decisions that we feel are best for our kids. Our children do not have to like these decisions, but when our kids don't like things, it's their job to express their feelings. It's our job as caregivers to be consistent in our boundaries. this podcast is brought to you by citizens of sound a podcast production agency committed to developing and launching shows with gravity and depth from conception to launch citizens will partner with you every step of the way Whether you're an actor, business owner, doctor, fitness coach, influencer, or simply a hobbyist, Citizens offers everything from conception to branding, editing to mixing, and publishing to management. Jump on board with Citizens of Sound and start your own podcast today. Go to citizensofsound.com and follow them on Instagram. Number five, shifting from no to yes. When you plan for the future, You can shift a bit and say, Yes, we could watch that show tomorrow instead of staying stuck in that no of today. So, kids do better when we record their ideas and their plans, and then it makes it feel more concrete for them to hold on to. Number six is act out your own meltdown and recovery. Modeling our own meltdowns and then role-playing the breathing and the self-talk recoveries is super helpful for our children because it helps them feel less alone in their big feelings, and then they get to see what a realistic regulation looks like. Number seven is collaborate with your child. Have a family meeting in advance to discuss and lay out your screen time rules. Listen to your child about how much screen time he wants and at what time of the day and what he wants to watch, and help validate him during this meeting. You could say, I hear you, I understand that Mr. Beast is important to you, or I understand that you really want to work on your Minecraft house. We get it. At least this way, it helps your child to have a sense of control and ownership, which really leads to an increased likelihood of cooperation by all parties, So the screen fiend doesn't need to be the monster in your house if you implement some of these great tips from Dr. Becky. They work, I promise, but you just have to be consistent. Mom guilt is something we all struggle with from time to time, whether it's what we're feeding our children or how to hire a babysitter. Screen time's no exception. Who doesn't love a bit of a break from parenting to you know catch your breath, scroll your phone, or even take a shower? It's a game changer once you're able to put on a TV show like Daniel Tiger or something and then go wash your hair. It's a total game changer. I think someone once wrote a tweet that says, when you're able to shower and your kids could watch TV, the second half of your life begins. And I think it's right. I think Dad and Buried wrote that tweet. Fact check me on that one. But it's really true, because once you're able to take a shower and know that your kids can sit safely and, and watch TV for a couple of minutes, it is sort of like a mini vacation. And so what I'm telling you now is don't be hard on yourself about these little screen time vacations. Give yourself grace. It's totally fine to recharge your batteries throughout the day. And then after that, you know, put your phone down, shut off the television, and be present with your family. See, I'm from a generation that watched tons of TV, and look, we're not so bad, right? So trust your gut. You'll take the kids to the park tomorrow. And like I said, I grew up in the 80s, and we had all kinds of television, Nintendo, Sega, all that kind of cool stuff that came afterwards. And so it's not necessarily all bad. I did some due diligence, and believe it or not, most of the published articles about video games actually say that they benefit kids' coordination, problem-solving skills, attention, concentration, and even their memory. Sometimes video games can also help people's vision, and then it helps them practice certain leadership skills and communication, especially when they're playing multiplayer platforms just such as Roblox. Now, of course, I'm not saying that you should sit in a dark room for 10 hours at a clip playing video games, right? I mean, that's what we're for. Honey, time to do your chores. Look, social media has been good to me. I've built an Instagram community by hearing the stories and jokes of mothers and sharing my own. And social media has a lot of positive aspects. It could be inspirational. It could be informative. It could forge a community. There's so many other wonderful attributes to it. But as you well know, social media can also have a darker side. It can perpetuate unattainable perfection in the forms of photoshopped pictures, filtered faces, curated settings. We get it. We've all seen those pics. And in addition to that, these platforms have been designed to keep our eyeballs on them. The whole very nature of them is to keep our eyes on the app for as long as possible, whether it's to our detriment or not. And and sometimes, unfortunately, it can lead to addiction, whether it's Instagram or TikTok or Roblox. Our phones and our platforms and the leaders behind them want our eyeballs and they want our time. And I think that is a major, major issue right now. And I think that's part of why when moms are saying screen time is a major problem, it is because what's different from when we were kids playing Sega or, you know, Super Mario Brothers is that those games were not programmed in a way to keep us there all day, to keep us there by ourselves, essentially. Programs nowadays are designed to keep you there for as long as possible so that you constantly are getting that dopamine hit, dopamine hit, dopamine hit over and over again. And physiologically, our bodies then get so used to that dopamine high that it's hard to come down from. It's hard to stay clear of that when we're so accustomed to grabbing our phone and checking something, getting a quick dopamine hit grabbing our phone and playing a quick game and getting that hit again. And so between the dopamine hits and between the way that these platforms are designed, it like I said before, it could lead to addiction. And so there's no denying that there is a direct link between social media use and negative mental health and low self-esteem and... What I want to impart today is that social media addiction is a real thing. If you've ever posted content on social media and then you reached for your phone a few minutes later to check the likes and the comments, you know what I mean. Anticipating those likes, the comments, gives us that dopamine hit, and it only really reinforces that behavior and keeps us doing it again, right? It's a motivating thing. We reach for it time and time again. So, since smartphones and social media clearly are not going anywhere, it's up to us, the users, to modify our behavior. So, it's like, what are some of the things that we can do to live? in harmony with our phones, in harmony with social media. And so as a heavy social media user, I understand the all-encompassing pressures and pings and notifications from these platforms. And so here are some of my recommendations for not getting too sucked in. The first one would be limit your social media use. Most phones now have apps built in, which is like a digital wellness app, if you don't have one on your phone, you could download them for free. And those apps help you set screen time use. And so you can lock and unlock certain goals. Do you want to you know, close down social for a few hours? Do you want to shut off everything for a few hours? The digital wellness app can let you do that. Another thing would be turn off notifications, especially for Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of the social platforms. Those are just constantly ping, 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 ping. You know why? Because they want your eyeballs. They want you to pick up your phone and they want you to forget what you were doing and get lost in TikToks or get lost in your DMs. They want you to forget why you even grabbed your phone in the first place. And it may have been something as simple as just wanting to check the time. I know that happens to me all the time. So try to remove the notifications to really simplify and streamline things. Obviously, you could keep notifications for texting and for phone calls because you never know when your children's school is trying to reach you. That's probably some of the only actual real phone calls I ever get nowadays anyway, between that and spam. Another thing that you could do with your phone is turn on focus mode if your phone has that option. It will gray out or block the use of certain applications so that you could focus for a period of time. That goes back to the digital wellness app that I was talking about, but the focus mode is is really neat because you can set the time duration on it and it really straight up just grays out your phone. This episode is brought to you by Modern Mom Stylebox. Upgrade your wardrobe and enjoy unlimited styles for just $60 a month. Modern Mom Stylebox is the first rental clothing subscription designed exclusively for moms and moms-to-be. Get started today with a free trial. Use promo code PTO. Another thing would be charge your phone in a different room from your bedroom. It will reduce your temptation to grab and grab and grab it again. When you go to bed at night, don't keep your phone on your nightstand. Put it somewhere further, maybe keep it in a different room altogether, keep it in the kitchen. Don't keep it where you're going to be scrolling at midnight or 1 a.m., Another thing to protect your mental health is unfollow accounts that make you feel less than or are obviously detrimental to your mental health. And don't like hate check on other accounts either. Hate checking is like similar to doom scrolling, but it's hate checking is scrolling through the accounts of people that you like secretly loathe, you know, you're like frenemies with them sort of. You're better than that. Keep it moving, unfollow, fill your feed with things that bring you joy. So last thing would be, Social media is intended to be enjoyable, right? So if you find yourself not enjoying it, take a digital detox for a few days, a week, a month, forever, for for all I care. And and as hard as it will be, honestly, it really does wonders. Don't worry, you know, there's always time to learn the newest like viral trending dances or trending audios. You can't put a price on your mental health and I often say that your mental health shouldn't be impacted by the opinions of others. And I recently saw a quote that I love, 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 and let me see if I'm going to get it right, and it is, life is too short to worry about what people who exist in a free app in your phone think of you. And that literally might be my favorite quote ever. I think I may even have to tattoo that one on my body because when I do what I do, it's hard to not think about comments or trolls or all different things or even what other people in your space are doing, right? And and it's hard to sort of stay in your lane and keep doing what you do because you're you know you're doing good work regardless of what trolls or rando people happen to say to you but going back to social media and addiction and phone and addiction if you feel that you are truly addicted where you're having sweats about using your phone or not using your phone you have anxiety about using your phone or not using your phone you're feeling antsy or twitchy or you're lying about your phone use or that you're doing it secretly, secretively, where you're you're doing it where you don't want your family to know that you're using it quite as often as you are, you may be addicted, and that's okay. There is help available. Mm-hmm. A great resource is www.addictioncenter.com. It's a great resource for someone who may have a social media or technology addiction. So a few takeaways on screen time and your family's use of it. One time I was speaking with a developmental pediatrician. And he said his number one advice for families is no devices at the table, which unfortunately is a rule that we break often for my son because since he's a selective eater, sometimes he eats better or he eats more while he's hyper-focused playing on his iPad. Now, I know that directly goes against what the pediatrician said, but because one should be focusing on their meal and on the food and and mindful eating. But at the same time, I still want my son to be able to get the calories and, and sit down long enough to be able to finish his meal. So it's sort of a slippery slope with that in our family. But my takeaway would be for you, no devices at the table, if you can help it. Try to Engage with each other, be present with each other, enjoy your food, practice mindful eating. Another takeaway is finish up device use at least two hours before bedtime, especially the iPads, especially the phones, anything that's really close to your face. Obviously, television shouldn't be used two hours before bedtime, but sometimes we like to watch a movie before bed and we practice family movie night on Friday nights, and so that's not quite two hours before bedtime, but hey, look, nobody's perfect, right? As I mentioned before, another takeaway would be don't keep your device near your bed at night. Leave it on a dresser, leave it in the kitchen, leave it anywhere where you're not going to be scrolling it at three o'clock in the morning. And my last and most important takeaway, and it is sort of our motto for our family, is People are more important than screens. And I'm going to say that again. People are more important than screens. From a very early age, I always taught my son that if someone's speaking to you while you're on your iPad, I know it's hard to transition, but you have to stop what you're doing and you have to look at the person and you have to make eye contact and you have to acknowledge them because people will always come first. The games and the videos and the iPad nonsense will always be there, but our grandparents will not always be there. We will not always be there. And so it is so important to acknowledge people first. So that's my experience with screen time. And it's a work in progress. You know, it's a juggling act for my husband, my son, myself, but you know, we're going to get through it together. And I'm curious to hear about your experiences with screen time in your family as well. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host and your friend, Tara Clark. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Modern Mom Probs. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive in today's problem with me, your host, Tara Clark. Join me next time when I'll be interviewing another great guest, and tackling another modern mom problem. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and a rating. As always, you could head over to Modern Mom Probs on Instagram and give me a follow or check out my book, Modern Mom Probs, A Survival Guide for 21st Century Mothers, available online wherever books are sold. Well, that's it for today. See you next time, folks.